listening to the Sherlock podcast hosted by Steve Steele and Anthony Abbott. The Sherlock podcast is an everyday review of the Holmes canon. You can find us on Twitter at Sherlock pod C one and on Instagram at Sherlock underscore podcast. The game is afoot. Welcome to this latest episode of the Sherlock podcast on this week's show. Uh, we are looking at The Sign of Four. This is the second novel in the canon. Um, I'm your co-host, Anthony Abbott, and I'm joined by my other co-host... Steve Steele. You can be a little bit more enthusiastic with your name, man. My other co-host... Steve Steele. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, you're like, you're like, I don't know. You're unbelievable. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> like what do you want? hi i'm steve steel how are you doing perfect perfect love it love it all right so we have to do it's a new section of the show i, I, I we're going to bring it over from last week and do it on each week's show it's uh steve synopsis so uh give us a synopsis of the story bud um a sign of four stop start blah, blah. the sign of four starts off very slowly with holmes in the throes of his well, i won't call it a drug addiction his drug use Watson being a doctor, freaking out about it. And in order to like, try to break Holmes from his cocaine use, Watson engages him in a deduction demonstration, I think the best way to call it. Yep. And in so kind of offends Watson because he, he assume, Watson assumes Holmes knows these things he says about Watson's brother. And they're not very nice things to say, but then he's just like, no, I, de- I deduced it from the watch. And it explains it, floors Watson once again, just like he did last week with the study in Scarlet, exact same thing, similar to when Watson, like, you know, besmirched his study on deduction. And then more or less, like, um, Mrs. Morrison walks in, she discusses how her father's been missing for 10 years, and she keeps receiving mysterious letters with pearls, I believe, in it, yep. in each envelope. This leads to Watson and Holmes agreeing to accompany her to a secret meeting. She's not allowed to bring cops, but she's allowed to bring two companions. So she brings Holmes and Watson. Watson has already fallen in love after about 34 seconds upon arrival of Mrs. Morrison. And more or less, the next few pages are just them making their way across the city and noting how Holmes can see through the fog and knows exactly where they are while Watson's completely getting dizzy. They arrive, they meet an Indian fellow by the name of Thaddeus Sholto. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. I apologize. Sholto is a hypochondriac hookah smoker. I, I don't think he, I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's Indian. He's the son of one of the the, the guards um, from later on in the story. I don't think he's Indian. They describe him as oh yeah, they describe I thought they described him as being brown. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think he was. His servant yeah, his servant was, his servant was Indian. Yeah, I think you're right because also the fact is is that like Bartholomew is not a very East Indian name. So, 
anyway, so I apologize. Thaddeus is not Indian. Uh, and basically, they kind of lament uh, like how he's a nice guy, but how kind of pathetic he is. They really play into the hypochondria and the hookah smoking. And it's just like, it's kind of okay, I guess. They'd... Watson does not have a high opinion of these people. <laughs> so eventually they, Sholto, Watson, Morriston, and of course Holmes make their way to the mansion of the brother of Thaddeus, Bartholomew. There, uh, home, it's hinted at Holmes's past as an amateur boxer, I would assume, or that he likes to box to pass the time, since the burly guard, the door that won't allow them in, uh, recognizes Holmes by a straight right hand, apparently, as Holmes made a joke about it, like their previous boxing encounter, and he said, if you just gave me a straight right, I would have known who you were instantly. And then from there, it's kind of a, it kind of feels like a suspense, almost like horror moment where like they kind of they can't see any they only see the light reflecting into the window no light coming back from the bedroom window of bartholomew by the way they're there to actually get their half of the treasure which thaddeus explains or that their half mrs morrison's half and then eventually holmes and watson break down the door and they find a murder scene in the sherlock holmes novel you'll never see that coming and from there who knew huh i was yeah, who, who knew it was this was gonna be a murder in this right like i i was i was Holy shocked by the situation. Uh, Holmes does his deduction, which is kind of crazy. I mean, we're supposed to be doing a synopsis here, but like Holmes being able to identify the killer pretty much immediately by name was um, kind of jarring at first. And then as it got explained as further went on, but like it's very similar to the moment in the study in Scarlet where he slaps the cuffs on the guy and you're like, wait, what? Huh? But unfortunately, Unlike in Study in Scarlet, there's a whole like chase sequence that occurs that takes place over a couple of days. Holmes uh, em- uh, employs his street people, we'll say, Wiggins and the gang. His street urchins. Street or urchins, yeah. Street, I, I I'm, not fan of, I'm not fond of the term street Arabs, in fairness. <laughs> it I wasn't going to use that. Uh, yeah. Urchins also yeah. feel disrespectful. So, you know, street dwellers, street people. Yeah. Wiggins being the leader, uh, he seems to go nowhere. Watson falls deeper and deeper into turmoil with Mrs. Morstan's potential fortune, therefore making him an unsuitable suitor slash simp. <laughs> Holmes seems to be going crazy upstairs, but he's trying to distract himself from it, apparently. And eventually Holmes goes out dressed up as a sailor, comes back two days later. I believe Athelney shows up, the detective. He's the new... Uh, Hanging from the gallows, don't bother the, with evidence. Yeah, the, the new fuckwit. Yeah, he's basically the exact same thing as uh, Lestrade, and I can't remember the other fellows. Greg Strong, something else. Gregson. 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 Yeah, basically the exact same thing. Ignores everything Holmes says. Goes straight to the point. He arrests everybody on the scene, and everyone's a suspect, and everyone's guilty. And it's just like, oh, okay. No wonder Holmes looks so damn smart when Scotland Yard is so terrible at this. From there, Holmes returns to his house, but he doesn't return as Holmes. He returns as a sailor. And even though Watson at one point completely breaks down Holmes' outfit and then completely describes the exact same outfit about three pages later, Watson can't believe it's Holmes. But it's them showing Holmes' power of disguise. Since Watson has started publishing the stories, he now has to go undercover a lot more often to like avoid detection, be able to do what he does. This, of course, they have dinner, they, which leads to a chase sequence on a boat. Holmes explains how they're going to find him, which is probably the most interesting part of the book. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I'm going to try to wrap this up because it's going on forever because I'm literally bringing yep. it down with my point. And then from there, they catch him. Same as studying Scarlet. Uh, Jonathan Small gives his 
telling of the events, which makes him kind of an anti-hero, much like um, the, the the character in last week's uh, episode, whose name I've now forgotten because I'm reading and watching too much Sherlock Holmes. And um, yeah, they Jer- close Jer- it up. Jefferson Hope, right? Jefferson Hope is his name. Yeah, you know, I've read that name like five times. Today. They referenced oh. it. I finished the book this morning and I still forget it. Just so unmemorable of a name. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird. Like that's that's uh, one of the things about uh, about Conan Doyle. Like the some of the names are like either they stick out into your stick into your head, or else are just instantly forgettable. Well, yeah, Um, I have no problem remembering Thaddeus and Bartholomew, but uh, yeah, because Hope is it's so American, right? Like Thomas Jefferson in the Hope, America, Jefferson Hope. So, like the first point that you kind of brought, like you brought up, was the uh, the drug use, and it was something that I definitely made a note of. The seven percent solution, or what's an asking them about? Is it morphine or cocaine? Uh, <clears throat> like it was hinted at in the first book. So, how, how do you think it was kind of handled in uh, in this one? It's kind of weird to think, like they're talking about drug use in a novel from eighteen ninety or whatever. So, but. Well, um, I mean- it's it's really not that reading it now obviously knowing what cocaine is it's obviously diluted cocaine he's injecting it he's not snorting cocaine so it, it's probably a much lighter version although if you're injecting into the veins it has a pretty high effect rate but it's not snorting lines he's not doing pablo escobar lines of cocaine <laughs> tony montana he's just in, he's injecting the seven percent solution which probably to me the seven percent solution probably implies the purity of it so that that's my thought process on it. Uh, I, I, I thought it was interesting because they attacked it instead of like him attacking him as a drug addict, he's attacking him as a doctor because he knows the results of this kind of usage, which I thought was really interesting. Um, probably more, like that whole opening segment was really good for me. I, I, from the, the thing about the drugs to the, the watch, all of it was a very well handled setup. I thought it, I thought it got to the business a little faster than a study in Scarlet, but study in Scarlet was kind of like an origin story. Whereas this, yeah. one's, this one clearly takes place after time as they reference the study in Scarlet numerous times as we're going to as well. So yeah, no, all in all, I, I thought the opening was really good. I, I love the bit about the watch, which we're clearly going to have to talk about. And the, the cocaine usage is kind of like a, an interesting, like, I feel like we're getting to know Holmes much quicker now. Like, Studying Scarlet, he was like a mysterious superhero. I, I think it comes from the fact that they're they're friends now. Like I think in the first one, they weren't friends; they were just like sussing each other out and kind of like their roommates. But now they're actually friends because I mean, like in the first book, Watson couldn't even ask Holmes what he did for a living. Whereas in this one, like he's able to say to him, "Stop taking drugs." So, so there's obviously a better relationship. They've kind of built it, and they're kind of more friendly with each other, and they're able to say the kind of things that they weren't able to say in the first book. So I think you're right. And the first one was kind of slow because it was building the origin story. This one definitely just got straight into it. And um, I, I think with the drug use, just it's in there because it's, it's trying to like relay the fact of like that Holmes needs his brain to be doing stuff. Like he needs to be active. He needs to be working. He needs, he needs it. He needs a Nintendo DS with a fucking brain game thing that they used to have. Do you remember that? That's basically what he needs, but Back in eighteen ninety, didn't have that. So, yeah, if okay, was he was five, he would have. Been <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's it, 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 like it, it's there's no Nintendo DS, so it has to be cocaine. So yeah, so I I, I think that it, it's handled as you said, like pretty cool. Like the fact that like that Watson's like 
obviously as a friend he concerned but then he's like trying to say to him as a professional sort your shit out so um, I actually enjoyed that part of the book and then to try and drag him out of his his stupor and his just languishing around the place he hands him this watch so what did you make of that part? I mean that's probably my favorite part of the book I, I don't have any qualms about it the, 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 when he breaks down like when Holmes full goes full on deduction and like staggers people is generally my favorite part of yeah. the Sherlock Holmes story. And I'm finding it's happening more at the beginning of the books. Whereas in my memory, I mean, coming into this, I always thought it was done at the end, but it seems to be like the, the showcase of it seems to be like wowing Watson. So the, the part about his brother being a drunk because he keeps missing the keyhole to wind the clock and it like he could tell that he uh, he'd been down in his luck because he could see that he pawned it by the marks on it over and over and over again. Like they're just really cool stuff that like, I, I have to tip my cap to the writer in this movie because, like, how do you even think of these things? Like, that's crazy. He, like, the creativity to come up with these concepts, which, by the way, all make perfectly logical sense. It's just to think that way, to think like, obviously, no one look for it, you know? Yeah, no one has that kind of perception. I think, like, even even if you tried to be Sherlock Holmes, your brain will pick up on things he do he does. But the, the concept of creating this power of deduction in a time where the detective work was pretty much, is there a witness? Yes or no conviction or not guilty for this like character to have these superpowers. And like I said, when this is written, like this is around the time of like Jack the Ripper. So like <laughs> real detectives of Scotland Yard weren't even close to like the, the cutting edge thought processes that Arthur Conan Doyle had for a fictional character. Now, obviously like, you know, he's able to set up the scene and do the things that, like that need to be done, but uh, it, it's, it staggers me that these, when these books are written, like it absolutely staggers me how far ahead of the curve it is. But it, like for, for me as well, like it kind of shows the the little bit of the relationship that Holmes and Watson have, like that they're built on. As I said, like they're more friends now because like Watson is like obviously taken aback and feels that Holmes is being shitty to him because like Holmes just doesn't have. He, he when he's when he's on the job or he's focused on something he doesn't think of the human aspect around him that something is happening so he's like straight in on the watch and he's calling his brother like a, a drunk and he's a down drunk and loser yeah, yeah. I, I, and then and then like Watson obviously is like like kind of pissed off and then Holmes straight away is like Watson I'm sorry you know like it's like he, he apologizes and you asked for it really is what he said yeah exactly but he, but he also like it, it's just like kind of like little bit of humanity like like coming through on him that like he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of people. And I think he need that's what he's always needed a Watson to tell him when he's like being a dick. <laughs> you know he's I mean? too disconnected from like the, the human. Yeah. 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 I agree. So, so I, I, I kind of like, that was one of my favorite parts of the book too, man. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, as I said, like I've read most of these books before, but it kind of it brought me back to when I read it the first time and just being like, as you said there, like just, it's so, how can Conan Doyle like just think of that shit? It's it's crazy. So um, obviously, then we 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 get to meet uh, Miss Miss Morstan, who who's who's been getting these pearls in the post. Which Jesus, like, it's kind of nice that like she's just been randomly getting pearls in the post and she's just been like stashing them away or whatever. But um, what did you think of how instant? Like, do you think that Watson? I don't mean to be crude here, but it seems like he hasn't had his bit in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to translate what is in a while. Like he, he hasn't got lucky in a while because literally within 
30 seconds of seeing this woman like he's like a fucking dog on heat like you know what I mean like he just he just loses his shit completely about it so what what, what did you think of the uh, the how those two kind of connected and, and how it was dealt with well Morrison and Watson I felt like there was no connection I felt like it was entirely in Watson's head that he thought she was pretty <laughs> and then he was in love with her instantly and like if this was written today Watson would be asking if she has an OnlyFans like that was basically what was occurring in this story <laughs> It, like, I, I hate to modernize this and be crude, but like it, it, it's just so ridiculous. Sort of reading it, it's almost nauseating. You're like, like first of all, romance stories are trite at best, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but like this one is like next level, like ridiculousness. Like if if you ask the spoiler alert to get to the end, if you ask a woman to marry your marry you after about well, probably about three four hours of being around each other for the first meeting combined you're probably going to get punched in the face and get a restraining order. But here's Watson jumping off the pier, like going right into it. But they got married. That's the thing. She said, yes. Like well, he, I, I she was his she, wife in the, book, the end of the book. The end of the book says that he, she agreed to be for him to be like a prostitute. No, no, he said, he says during the book that like, she says now to me. So, so they've, they're, they've, they're married. Like she's like, he's. Oh yeah. Can't... They end up getting married, yeah. but he, he, he's writing these stories well past their occurrence. So like, but in the context of the story, he's, you know, a psycho degree. When he tells Holmes about it, they agree. She agrees to allow him to be a husband prospect. We all know Watson Mary and weds Mary. I don't want to say Mary's Mary, but weds Mary. So like that part was as soon as she was in, once they said her name, I'm like, Oh, this is his wife. So like, but like the, the shocking from first glance to like, in love with like when he when he's like when he when he finds that she's about to get a treasure like she's about to get a fortune and his heart sinks because he's lost all of his prospects to marry this woman i'm like dude you met her 18 minutes ago what are you doing so so do you think that like because obviously as you said he's writing these books after the fact that Mm -hmm. he's like saying this to her to make her think that like he in, was instantly in love with her. That's actually a really good theory. You, you know I never I mean? thought like, of that. That's a, so, that's actually, so, I, I like that. I, I'm, I'm going to take that idea just so I don't lose all respect for Watson, the character. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with that actually. That's a great idea. That's, that's the theory we're operating from now on. Yeah, so we can, I like we can that. stop calling Watson a simp and move on. <laughs> so um, I'll think like you, you mentioned in your synopsis there, this, this crazy character, the, the description of him, uh, how fidgety he is, this uh, Thaddeus Sholto. Um, Thaddeus. Is that how you say it? I mean, that works for me. I like the way you say it. I'm going to say it that way from now on. So, I mean, okay. Thaddeus it is. So, yeah, so, so I, I, like, um, he he's just an amazing character. I, I, I like, uh, the, the, the way that Conan Doyle describes him is, like, you know, he's, he's bald and the light is shining on his head and he's got like the little wisps of ginger hair around here. And like, uh, like he's literally a hypochondriac cause he's asking Watson, like everything as soon as he finds out he's a doctor. Uh, yeah. What, he has what? Watson examine his heart as soon as he meets <laughs> So, so, but, but he's also a really good guy. That's yeah, the thing. He's... Like, like he's the one that's that got, cause his brother sounds like a shit, like a, sh- a shit. Does he? Yeah, I, see, I don't think that's fair. So, like, let's go into that real quick. Like, we're not going to spend three hours on it, but no, the concept is like I, I find that Thaddeus, as you say, is more of a. He seems like a well-natured human being, but he seems almost above the human condition as far as kindness goes. Like, let's be frank here. Everyone out there has found money on the ground and kept it. <laughs> like every everyone out there, like, people take what they need, right? Now, maybe because this character doesn't need it, 
maybe that's why he's a little more forthcoming. But I think Bartholomew, who's in the father, because the father, um, Mr. Sholto and Bartholomew Sholto, are much more akin to how a human being would react in that situation. I I, I don't know though. Like I, like I think like he's he's looking at the fact of like, hey, like we have all of this treasure. Like she owns half of it. Like we should be giving her something. And then like his brother. Oh, it makes that easy. And, and, and it's like, like Bartholomew is just like a greedy asshole. Cause he even says it like, he's just like my dad, like the, the father, like the captain shell or major Shelto, I think he's a major, yeah. uh, like was this kind of miserly kind of guy. Uh, well, he was a gambling junkie. Yeah. We'll so, get into so, that later, but that's yeah. why the greed is there. So, so like, I, I just think that the, um, like, he's kind of set as this kind of like uh he's got a good heart but he's like also fucking nuts because <laughs> like he's just all over the place you know it's uh, he's a hypochondriac watson diagnoses him pretty early on i don't think he's nuts i just think he's he's a hypochondriac he thinks there's anything wrong with him could be the hookah smoke you never know right like he he references him smoking the hookah like 18 times in the like the three four pages that he's in so as a primary character like He's a primary character for about three, four pages, and then he disappears off the face of the earth, right? Like he's... But I think that he he served his purpose as being like the uh, the the bridge between. He definitely did. To, he, to I, him, I, I, I thought he was entertaining. I, yeah. I, I, oh, I, I really liked him, and I, I thought he was kind of funny. And I like I he's just like such a nervous like little tweet. Oh, the guy. way they describe him when they're going up to the crime scene is fantastic. The way he describes him going up to the crime scene, and like he's like. He's like he's like he's like a shaggy and Scooby Doo. You like it? You know I mean? like <laughs> That's exactly what he is. <laughs> he's uncomfortable. He's, oh. he's waddling up the stairs. It's, it's so, just fantastic so, stuff. So I also thought it was really cool. Like like so the whole the, the whole instance of this of this book is based in India. Like it's it's Indian culture and there's a lot of Indian stuff in it. And I, I think the way that they had him, you know, in this kind of shitty house, and then his room was like basically a palace where like yeah he um, lived in a rough area but he lived in a palace in the rough yeah. area yeah and, and even like the way like you know when he was telling the story like he uh of the guy at the window um, when his dad was dying and stuff like that um just like cross-legged uh like he was sitting like you know like yoga style with the that's why i thought the character was indian I, he would yeah I, I, think a, I think it's because his father had indians around the house and stuff like that and i think that culture came on like you know he just, oh, he just so he's a culture vulture too no? yeah he basically just he, he just <laughs> appropriated he basically appropriated it yeah so I mean, so, hey. so so like obviously like the his dad was the one that had like this treasure and uh his dad died with a sign of four card and uh, that's the story you kind of told and then the way his father way, didn't die, his father didn't die with a sign of four card his father died and then he broke in later and tagged yeah, the sign yeah. of four card to him sorry yeah that's right um so then um they go to Bartholomew's house to kind of because they the, the treasure was missing so the father died without telling them where the treasure was so Bartholomew had used his own power of reduction and found it after digging the shit out of their garden yes because yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're going into, yeah. Yeah, that's fair so they're, they're going to have a they're going to have a word with them and one of the uh, one of my favorite parts of the book too is that as you mentioned in your synopsis there is that they're Got to, want to go into the house and they're stopped by this bouncer or security guard, former, uh, former prize fighter, yeah, uh, yeah. Mc, McMurdo, who's like basically tells them, even 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 Bartolomeo's brother that he's not allowed into the uh, 
into the house. You're not allowed to the house. You can fuck off. And then suddenly Holmes does like a boss. <laughs> Holmes does oh, like, uh, hard to believe you don't remember me after we went three rounds at so-and-so boxing club. <laughs> and by the way, before we go any further, can we just take a moment to appreciate how great a name McMurdo is for a hired personal? Oh McMurdo? my God. McMurdo? Amazing. I, I, would, I want to change my last name to McMurdo. Teal, I want to be Steve McMurdo uh, now. There's a, there's a, um, there's a McMurdo, the lad, that name appears later on in another story, I think. There's, there's another McMurdo. I mean, because he yeah. clearly liked it, because who yeah. wouldn't like a name like McMurdo? It is pretty yeah. cool. But so, I, will call, I will call you Steve McMurdo from now on. You got so, it. So <laughs> when, when uh, McMurdo says, Holmes, is that you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you. If you'd hit me with that straight right cross, I don't remember if the phrasing is correct. I would have remembered you in a second, but I'm like, oh, my God. See, I always thought like, it was funny. Like, I, I'm, I'm also watching the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes stuff right now, and I'm going through it in order. And yeah. uh, I believe it is the, uh, the episode with the lone cyclist, I believe. Yeah. Where he goes to the bar and he fights oh. like a villain. Yeah, and he, he had the hand going. Maybe, maybe you can use this for like a screenshot for Instagram. Yeah. And like that fight sequence is amazing. And like, I, I know people don't really love them, but like Robert Downey Jr.'s um, Sherlock Holmes was also kind of a pugilist. Yeah. So I really, I really, really like that side of him, like how he uses his brain for fighting techniques too. So I, I that part popped me like I I I giggled and kept reading. Um, that was fantastic stuff. I, I literally, I like I think I, I liked everything about this book until the investigation of the actual crime takes place. I think that's where kind of falls. Yeah, I, I think the I think the the, char- the characters that he has in this one are a lot more fleshed out and they're kind of a lot more fun. Like well, the, yeah. the, the story, the story I feel has the same problem that Eddie and Scarlet had in the sense that. It fell off a cliff for a few pages. Yeah, it's just very different cliffs. You know what I mean? Like um, the, the cliff studying Scarlet fell off was like the whole fa- the whole father daughter starving and dying of thirst in the desert was just weird, jarring. Whereas here is I feel like the investigation is it's really uh, aloof. I want to say it's it's very abstract. Like you don't really understand what's happening. Holmes yeah. doesn't really communicate it. So yeah, it, it, so so like I know that he doesn't like to. You like to have that. He wants to have that big reveal at the end of what happened and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I feel with this one, you're right. Like the 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 storytelling, like the the one where of the India where they're in India, was way better than what there was in. Oh yeah, the last one. Like it was fantastic. I I would have read a whole book on that because it was so yeah. Interesting. I, I, I would I I honestly like I said last week in the review. Uh, I loved that little baked in thriller that happened in the middle. I would much prefer to like pacing discussion of breakfast and newspaper clippings that this one was i was like oh, yes. this is this is like i i struggled i tried to read this in one day and i couldn't do it i I, I i did because like um i i like i found it i found it better than than that i found that it's like the one last week i thought was dragged out a little bit this one i found um i got to the point a lot a lot quicker i thought it did it definitely did like well again like without because it never digresses from the actual story beat so like your 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 point is very much on the head i liked the side story more than i like the ambling nothingness of like holmes trying to work out the case in his own head watson's utter confusion they're reading newspaper clippings and every day the newspaper clipping like further it starts out praising at athenley or whatever his name is we'll get on to him in a second because like like that whole part where it starts with like his he's a superstar rock star detective 
and then maybe he's not so great and then he's in the dumps by day two it's like no this guy's garbage like he his career is in future jeopardy like you know like I was like, I don't care. I don't care about Anthony at all. So that like, was... so, so like they 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 travel over to uh, to, to going back to to, to to Bartholomew's house and the, the boxer and all that kind of stuff. And then they find them. I found I I thought the part where they, he's describing what the body looked like uh, when he's like looking through the keyhole, like the the old lady like freaks yeah, out. The smile. Oh my fuck! That was that was cool. I really like that. That part is cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, is uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker poison gas. The way yes, like, the guy yes. with the weird uh, yeah. smiles. Yeah, that, that was um, that's what the, it, it inflicted in me immediately. Is a lot more my brain shot too. But I'm an '80s baby, so me thinking of Nicholson and Keaton the Batman is very normal. But yeah, like the the crime scene, like he's immediately on the floor with the magnifying glass, and he identifies the peg leg, and he identifies the small foot, and he's pretty much Holmes gets in that room and he like solved the the if ands and what's about the murder pretty much instantly. So it's it's not really that interesting in that regard. It's like okay, here's Holmes doing his thing, and he finds the treasure within seconds, and he finds the trap door because Holmes spots everything, and that's cool. That's who he is. That's the character. But none of that really pulled me in. The only thing I, I did reference it earlier is that, like, when he names Jonathan Small, I'm like, where did that come from? So, so earlier on, um, when the the um, the card, the sign of the four, I think the the four names are actually on that card. Ah, uh, that is there's, there's, yes, yeah. because he said there's only one white name there, and, and that's how he at the end he's like, oh, that's how. And he they saw it. the white face in the window. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. So. so like the, 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 there was it like so so the crime scene thing I I I get like where you're coming from like and then you know he's kind of he's, he says he know he knows what's happening and then this bumbling detective the English Clouseau comes in this big fat guy uh, I know I, I know I can't speak but uh, what was his name uh, Athelney Jones from Scotland Yard what's his deal. Like I've already buried this character. I, I feel, I feel yeah. I, but I feel like I, I feel like Watson is like I feel Watson because he's so pissed off at the way that Holmes is treated because that's how he starts writing the books, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's doing that to because he's pissed off that these guys are getting all the credit that he's talking down on them more than they actually are. I feel like these guys, like in real, like outside of this, like you know, their regular days, like they're, they're detectives. You don't become a detective. By being a fucking idiot, you, like you've always. I mean, like, actually, there's a really good Netflix documentary about like uh, English cops and letting a serial killer go because they they had this thing in their mind about what yeah. he was supposed to be, and he was none of those things. And they interviewed him like six times, but kept overlooking him because he wasn't what exactly what they wanted him to be. So honestly, I think Doyle just knew cops. <laughs> no, I, I I feel like he I feel like he, like he he wouldn't talk down as much and I just think it's Watson like because he's pissed off that Holmes gets overlooked so much so that's my theory I mean here. yes yes that, that that is it but I think it comes from Doyle's contempt from actual police work I, I, I feel like what John Watson's not a real person <laughs> you know what I mean so not, well I know I, I know but like obviously like you're you're reading it from his point of view kind of thing right so yeah and I think I, I think Watson I think Watson is a conduit for Doyle like I I, I believe that so, so I mean, like this is 
you know, we're we're in the second part, we're in the second book, and we have three shoddy <laughs> shoddy detectives already. So, you know, like thank God for Holmes is all I can say. So what was like what was your favorite part of the book? Like what like what what was it that kind of like drew you kind of like at I this point? Or, or, or in general? In general. Well, I, I already said that my favorite part of the book was the watch. So that that would the watch was easily my favorite part of this book. Um, oh, oh, okay, because it says Steve's personal favorite part of the book: Holmes' restlessness and stagnation with lack of progress. Oh well, that's I I I just think that is how do I say this? Maybe my favorite. I, I probably misworded that. I, what I meant was it's like my personal favorite trait of his is when he gets stagnant yeah. and uncomfortable. Uh, my favorite part of the actual story is the watch, but like Holmes is like stagnation and restlessness is like really entertaining to me because I understand where he's coming from. As someone with ADHD, when like I used to be horrible for pacing and uh, oh, you try to get my brain active, right? So yeah. I, 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 I really like this. It's the, it's the most relatable thing about the character for me. That's the yeah, yeah, that, that bit where in the, um, uh, the, the housekeeper and Watson both hear him just mumbling to himself walking them down pacing, pacing. yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I actually I, I like that too um so so uh, uh, do you know what like sometimes like Watson's obviously a clever person because he's a doctor but there's certain things that he does that boggle my mind like uh, as you mentioned there like in the synopsis there like with the disguise thing how the fuck did the two of them not know that was Sherlock Holmes like I mean I, I thought it was comedic when I was reading it. So last time I was struggling to read this because the, the book has such fine print and I was kind of bored with that middle section that we just already covered. I was reading it out loud for uh, Corey. And this part, like I describe it, when I'm reading it out loud, I describe it like the red bandana, the outfit, like it's all there. And then two pages later, it comes back and Watson, <laughs> I know, he, like... he recounts the outfit again, just I... in the exact same order. But he doesn't oh. get to Holmes. But he was sleeping when Holmes came in to say goodbye to him. So I think that's the only pass I'll give. But yeah, it's like yeah, it, 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 I think I think it's Holmes, more Nigel Bruce Watson. Let's put yes, that. yes, yeah. and maybe that's where the character came from. Yeah. It's like it's like the guys that made the, the old '30s and '40s Sherlock Holmes films were like, you know what? This one paragraph right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and there's many, there's many different pieces of this throughout the books where you know, like Holmes surprises them with um, how he looks and stuff like that. But that one was probably the most easy for him to look through. So I guess he's pretty shitty at like. Uh, I love the Holmes disguise stuff, and I love the rationalization. They even say it in the book where I, I already referenced this earlier. That like since Watson started writing his little stories, that I have to like I have to partake in disguise to not blow my cover because oh. they're so popular. Uh, his contempt. Uh, yeah. really, really <laughs> I, I, I love that. Like Watson's was... like, I'm gonna get you your due, your due, sir. And like Holmes is like, oh god, not again. Okay, fine. I'm gonna go put on some makeup. Maybe put a cut my eye. You know, <laughs> age myself sixty years. Cut, uh, wa- uh, put a prosthetic leg on, you know, something to try to like yeah. throw him off the back. It, it's, it's usually like a, a, a wig, and he'll put like a little bit of prosthetic stuff, putty on his nose or something. So, so my favorite part of the book was the chase sequence. Um, like, I really liked how Holmes. No, before before you go any further, is the chase sequence where they're walking with Toby? No. So, no, okay, because that's not very good. 
Although we love Toby. We're big fans yeah, of Toby. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Toby. And like, so my favorite part was the, the chase sequence um, down the river. I just thought like it, it as like the, the, the bit before that, it was such, it was so night and day. Like the bit before when like he's trying to find the, the fucking boat and he's like dead alleys everywhere. And he's got the kids, like the street urchins out, the Bank Street regulars out looking. He's got people looking up and down the river for him. He can't find his thing. And then he suddenly like stops and just says, I put my, I need to put myself into this guy's shoe. Cause this guy's obviously Jonathan Small is obviously a clever guy. So you know? this part is probably the best part of this section of the book where he describes his thought processes. He was yeah. Jonathan Small. Yeah. I, I th- this is probably better than the reveal of how he caught him because really like everything else is kind of the crime is laid out very early on and exactly what happened has happened small even says like it's like you were there yeah but the break it out where he's like well how do we like I, i've searched upstream i've searched downstream i've searched all around the islands but what if with all this money they say look to keep it out of sight i'll pay for some minor repairs on the boat you go Jeez. get drunk and then the boat is in a dockyard covered from public view so you can't see it it's genius and if it wasn't Sherlock Holmes, it probably would work. Um, oh, big time. Uh, and then, like, he... Uh, the, and then, obviously, they, they stake it out to find out when they're going to leave. And they've got the kid on the... With the handkerchief. With the handkerchief. But then they get a jump on them. And, I, it, like, it was so exciting reading that bit when they're, like, shoving on the coal and the thing is, like, getting off. Like, it's kind of taken off because they underestimate how fast this, this little clipper thing is. And they're steaming off after it. And then the barge comes across and gets in their way and puts them and back. Like Two hundred yards, they say. Yeah. yeah, like it was so exciting. I was just, I was like flipping through the pages. Like I was just like, like next page, next page, next page, next page. And then, um, like the the little Tonga guy, like the little we helper. Let's not spend any time on yeah. Tonga. Tonga's not, the murderer, but let's just not talk about. Yeah, him. he shoots the dart at them, uh, and like they. Well, that's the cool part actually. Him shooting the dart. That they they both bring their guns along. And if he even t- if Holmes says he even raises his hand, shoot him. But they both think since Holmes found the darts at the mansion that he has none left. But he had one left, the one in left in his blowgun. That was so, like that was awesome. I loved that bit. Too. That was good. That was really um, good. that was probably the best thing about Tonga. Yeah. So so for for spoiler alert for the book, the, <laughs> which we basically just spoiled the whole fucking thing. But yeah. that's how that's how he dies. The, the guy he wasn't supposed to kill. Bartholomew, he's supposed to like just have the rope there for peg leg to get up, and then he he put he shot the guy out the dark. He, he showed a little bit of a brass ring ambition, and um, Small did not appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, the, the 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 beating was quite graphic. Anyway, so yeah, so I, I love that bit. I just thought this the, uh, the like it, it just it was the pace turner for me. I was just like, come on, catch him, catch him, catch him, catch him. And then uh, finally they got up. But one, of my, one of my favorite parts, though, just before we uh, go on to like the last little bit, um, was the, the police boat. They were like, what, 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 what distinguishes this as a police boat? And they're like, oh, this lamp. <laughs> and they take the lamp off and then it doesn't look like a police boat anymore. And it's like, it doesn't have the word police written on it. It doesn't have anything. It's just this one lamp <laughs> to take off. So I just, to me, that was just like, was like that's funny. I didn't even think about it, but that is funny. Yeah, that's, good. <laughs> that's it. Jesus Christ. So uh, then obviously in the last bit then, they, they capture Small and the, the, he's fucked the treasure into the, the Thames. And I thought, that was really clever of him too, that 
he didn't throw the whole thing over. Like he opened the, the chest and sprinkled the, the treasure into the Thames so they could never uh, get it back. I thought that was pretty neat of him to do. He uh, really fucked over uh, <laughs> Miss Morrison, which... As you mentioned earlier on, uh, Watson was quite happy about. Well, um, I don't think he knows that Morstan's involved. He just doesn't want anyone else to have the treasure. He feels yeah. entitled to it. So oh, that, that, that's and, why. And he's right, too. Like, I mean, like, like the bit in India where we fought, we, like, the, the whole origin story of the, um, the treasure and stuff like that. Like, he's worked hard for this and he deserved every last bit of it. This is this a reoccurring theme in Holmes novels? I like that every villain is kind of an anti-hero, like you're almost kind of pulling for him when you um, No, it's I not, mean obviously when Moriarty comes along this won't be the there, case. There, there's but, quite, there's a couple of stories like that where you know you're kind of like um and there's a couple of stories where he lets people off the hook too you know because he's like I'm not the police the police were too stupid enough to do whatever and he kind of like the if I remember correctly, like the blue carbuncle, um, he, he lets the person off at the end and I don't think he should have. Anyway, um, so yeah, just, you're right though. That, that anti-hero thing, it's definitely uh, a Doyle thing. There is a few other ones in the in the canon and I kind of like it. <laughs> I, I do too, but like it, it, it's, it's kind of, um, how do I say this? It's kind of dissatisfying because the character always, like it was, it was at least better in Jefferson Hope's case where, he kind of died to avoid justice, but like this guy got screwed by like the everything bourgeois officers in the British army, and he's the villain. Even though the son dies, and that's unfortunate, but like Jonathan Small has is mad that the son is dead. He, he's like I, he says it numerous times. I he, I had no quarrel with him. It, it was horrible what happened to him. I mean, I at worst I wanted them tied up. So like this poor character is going away for murder and for repossessing something that belongs to him. But he didn't do it. He didn't commit murder, one. And two, it's kind of his property. Well, I mean, it's no one's property, technically. It's pirated gains, no matter which way yeah. you look at it. But, like, this character has been through hell. And he, like, even though they describe him, like, losing his leg to a crocodile, like, at 19. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. When he's in the, in the Ganges. Like, just yeah. being, being honest, like, I, I bet he probably wished that that guy had never saved him. <laughs> It's like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like his life was like fucked ever since. Like it was awful. Like, like he, he had a moment there. He had like a pretty good moment there. He was working as like an assistant on somebody's like ranch or something, and then or not a ranch. I don't know what it's like. Plant, I think it's a plantation, pretty much compound plantation, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And then like the Indian rebellion has them all slaughtered, and the wife's all cut the ribbons, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, and like that. There's a lot of parts of this book that I'm not really going to get into because I didn't really like the portrayal, but that was one of them. Tonga was another one. Like, just not a huge fan of how it was how it was done. Yeah, like, like being honest, if I was the people at that that fort and I saw that unlucky bastard coming towards me, I would have been like, "You're not coming in here. You're no yeah. bad luck. Get the hell out of here." So yeah. So um, what's what's your overall uh, rating for for this one? Um, I, I know, as you said earlier on, that you're not. You didn't like this one as much as the study and No, I definitely didn't. So I liked it. I just didn't like it as much. Um, I'm gonna give this. Oh, before you do, sorry, just before you do. So we, we said that we're gonna rate them in pipes. So how many pipes out of ten would you give this book? Well, I was gonna make another joke, but since you cut me off, I was gonna say this <laughs> I'm one. So, I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> this one gets the seven percent solution, and we'll go seven out of ten. But we'll say seven pipes out of ten for me. Love it, love it, love it. 
Oh, uh, that was a good one, actually. Good way. Right? Yeah, you, you <laughs> might want to edit your might want to edit your interruption out for that one. No, I won't, I'm going to leave it in. Um, so I I actually I like this one better. Last week I gave you give it a seven. Seven. This one I'm going to give an eight. I, I just okay. for just for the chase sequence alone was totally worked out. For I, I totally it. fair. Uh, if you said this one was perfect, I'd be like, okay, we're going to argue. But eight yeah, no, that, it's it's definitely not. There's there is a lot of flaws, as you said. There's like there's some of the bits and pieces in there where you're just like, yeesh. Um. So so next week we've got a scandal in Bohemia, which I know you're excited to read. Yeah, that's one um, of my favorite stories. I know this one, so I like this one. Yeah, it's 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 a good one. I enjoy. It. I, I really like Adler's it. in a scandal in Bohemia, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this one. So. I just want to say thanks to everybody again. Like we can't believe that there's anybody who would actually listen to us to just talking crap about Sherlock Holmes. But Absolutely. the response, the response has been amazing. Like we're super pumped up. Anybody will tune in. So um, thank you so much for all the support. I hope you're you're getting to read the books um, because please read along. Yeah, read along. yeah, because at the end of the day, like. To, to me, it's like, this is nice to talk about and have a bit of fun and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's great to get to read the canon again because I've missed it. <laughs> it's like, it's like embracing an old friend. I, like, it just, it just gives me like, it just makes, gives me fuzzy feelings. And I know that's kind of corny, but I don't really give a shit. So uh, one, yeah. one thing for me before we go is that um, when the first episode a few weeks ago, I said that like, I, maybe I've read these, maybe I haven't, but I know I've seen definite, definite interpretations of these. That was very strong in this one. Uh, studying Scarlet, I, I heavily referenced the um, the BBC show, the first episode. Yeah. I, I think this one definitely got like tossed in there as well. The Side of the Four is definitely a BBC episode, but I think it's an numerous Sherlock. It is. It's definitely, um, I think in this, one of the Rat Ball movies, they use part of... Yes, they definitely did. Yeah. And I, so, I think Brett does this too. So yeah. Like, yeah, I think The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes or something, like that was the one that they kind of used bits and pieces. So yeah, so just want to say thank you so much to everybody for like listening in. Steve, where can they find us on social media? It's at Sherlock underscore podcast, right? For Instagram? Yep. And I don't know the Twitter handle offhand. And since you banned me from my phone, I can't look it up. So you can give that one. At SherlockPodC1 on Twitter. It's the um, C1 that gets me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird way Twitter does that. But like, I'm really happy that um, people are engaging with us on there. It's kind of fun. As I said to you before, like, I can't believe how many Sherlockians there are out there. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. I'm sure you're happy that everybody else, that people are tuning in. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, thr- I'm thrilled. I, the feedback I get on this is really insane. People reaching out to me and stuff, so I, I really do appreciate it. And I, like I said, I love that people are reading along with it too. I think that's really fun. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely gotten that as well. And I, hopefully, I don't let you down. Or hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I, you disagree with me, and you can fire off at me and tell me how wrong I am. I love that too. So but that, that's what it's all about. And and that's what I love about the books is that it, everybody's got their own interpretation, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So yeah, so um, please reach out to us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or views on the show, just uh, shoot us a message, and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Because the more engagement, the more fun this is. So Steve, until. Um, a, st- a scandal in Bohemia. Take care. The game is afoot. Love it. <laughs>